0: Hello, and welcome back to Stand Partners for Life. I'm Nathan. I'm Akiko. And today we thought we'd talk about the concertmaster, the duties of a concertmaster, and what it's all about. I mean, should we at least uh, define the concertmaster, the first chair violinist?
1: Sure. Sure. Because a, a lot of, I always assume people know that, but there are times, a lot of times people don't necessarily get what that means.
0: And do, we don't even say, we don't say concert mistress, right?
1: Not that I know of.
0: Because I hear people say that sometimes.
1: Yeah, but, so I think some people still say it, but. It's I kind don't. of
0: like president. Well, it's right, like, it's like
1: stewardess. They, you don't say it anymore.
0: Right. I'm not sure if people ever did say concert mistress, if that was ever really sure appropriate. They did. But I mean, yeah, I've heard I don't it. I remember. Yeah. Concert master, it's the first chair violinist. And both of us get to do that duty sometimes. And we both have concertmaster somewhere in our titles. I'm first associate concertmaster and your assistant. And, you know, that's largely the reason we came out to LA from the Chicago Symphony was the, the chance to, to be concertmaster sometimes. So, why, you know, is, is this a special position and why? What what does the concertmaster do?
1: So Are we. Are we- start enumerating the duties.
0: Yes. We're going to tell what the concert master does.
1: Well, so my, my first disclaimer is that I don't play concert master very often, as you know. So these are, you know, I'm drawing on a, a very small amount of experience. I just uh, want to get that out of the way.
0: But I mean, you've done it, you did it before college, you did it in college and professionally. So
1: sure. So yeah. there's probably a lot or a few people listening who, you know, can identify with that. They were.
0: And as we'll get to that, it, I think, sometimes it can be hard. It's a harder job to do. I think if you're not doing it all the time. Yeah. When you just have to jump in and. and Yeah, that that
1: I can, uh, I can attest to. I'll have a lot to say about that.
0: (laughs) And actually we were talking earlier and you did make me laugh because you mentioned the first thought you have when, when you do find out that you're going to play concert master.
1: Of course, one of the things you have to do when you're concert master is walk out on stage or, or, you know, sometimes I'm concert master for like just a piece on the program. So in that case, you don't have to do the walkout, but the walkout is kind of a big deal. And I don't think I thought about it too much before I had to do it. And then I was like, like, I asked you for every step. I was like, okay, so are they going to tell me when to walk out? And you said, yes, they'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and then what do I do? It's like, when well, you bow to the audience and then you turn around and you wait for the oboe to give the A. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. I think I can do that.
0: <laughs> a lot of these sort of, you know, so-called smaller duties, the The ceremony of the job, uh, those are some of the things that tripped me up at first. Actually, I think that got... It's funny
1: you use that phrase, tripped you up, because... Oh, yeah. That's what I... So, the walkout involves obviously walking out and hopefully not falling. (laughs) So, that's a a big... Not in fear, I wouldn't go that far. But I mean, you know, nobody wants to fall their way out. looks incredibly dumb. But as a woman, of course, you're wearing heels. And anyway, it's a whole thing. You know, you got to choose something that looks sturdy. And, and, you know, I've got some great shoes. I It kind of kills me to come out wearing something sensible. But um, if I'm concert master, which, again, is thankfully not terribly frequently, but I do have <laughs> to go with the, the sturdy block heel since I, I don't wear flats because I'm, I'm very short, so... And Ladies, if you're listening, <laughs> you know what a block heel is. It's something that's less likely to cause you to fall on the way out when you're a concertmaster.
0: Well, so yeah, concertmaster does walk out first. They talk about the concertmaster tuning the orchestra, uh, which really is... Th- that phrase doesn't make a lot of sense, but the concertmaster calls for the principal oboe to give an A maybe calls for if there some orchestras do two A's or three A's or I think my youth orchestra did four A's. So, you know, you got to call for those different A's and, but there's no...
1: That's the scary thing is that, you, you know, you're not, there's no... There's youth like orchestra, I uns- Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at, at a certain level, it's a sort of understood. And then, you know, at my first time I was really nervous that people are gonna be staring at me like, what are you doing? Like, you know, you, there's, you gave too many, like you're waiting for another A, there's no more A's or... Or, oh, you know, there's another A. Why didn't you wait for the other A? <laughs> and I think the first time I did it here actually was for a kids concert where there was piano. So, it was also terrifying because I'm always afraid I'm going to hit a key other than the A on the piano, right, <laughs> which everybody's worried about that too. But.
0: Yeah, because in that case, when there is a keyboard on the stage, if there, well, if the keyboard is somewhere in the orchestra, then you have the keyboard player give the A.
1: What? Really?
0: Well, let's say we're let's say we're playing a baroque piece and there's a harpsichord. Oh,
1: of course, like it's near you. You're not talking about when the piano is like in all the way in the back.
0: Right. Yeah. I okay. mean, and anything where the orchestra is supposed to have to really be in tune with a keyboard. Right. If the if that keyboard player, say a harpsichord player, is on stage, then they give their A. The oboe takes that A and plays
1: it. Ah, uh, see, this is this I have not I know. done.
0: And. But the much more common scenario is there's a piano soloist. They're not on stage yet, but the instrument is. And that's what you're talking about where you, the concertmaster, have to play that A and try not to hit the wrong key or like the wrong octave. Or...
1: Yeah, I think I almost did the wrong octave this summer. So, that was good. It's,
0: it's Even of... that would have been fun, But the, the wrong note's kind of embarrassing. That That's one of those, it's like that internet <laughs> meme, right? You had one job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, though, in, in this case, the concert has plenty more.
1: Well, it depends. <laughs> jobs. I think the summer when I was worried about hitting the right octave, I think it was just, you know, it was for Carnival of the Animals. So, um. hmm. Yeah, there were no solos, or you know, I, the walking out, not tripping, hitting the right key—that was like the bulk of the of the work.
0: <laughs> That's why you're getting the big bucks for that. Exactly. <laughs> that Thanks for
1: outing me. if I outed myself. Let's
0: talk a little bit more generally, maybe. And by the way, there's a nice article on this online, uh, written by Holly Mulcahy, who, um who is concertmaster in, I believe, both Chattanooga and Wichita, and so she she had some thoughts on. What the duties of a concertmaster are, and she interviewed a few of her colleagues as well. And uh, she titled that article "It's More Than Wearing Pretty Shoes," because apparently an audience member had once noticed her shoes and asked her if, you know, as concertmaster, she had to wear had to wear shoes like that. But as you, I mean, you've already talked about the importance of the right shoes, whether they're pretty or not.
1: Yeah, and I'm like I said, my prettiest ones they have to they have to stay in the closet for a concertmaster. <laughs>
0: But more, more generally, I mean, we've mentioned, you know, the actual, the straight definition of the concertmaster is just first chair, first violin. I mean, what that really means is they're leading the first violin section. Uh, they're by, by extension, I guess you could say the rest of the strings and really the rest of the orchestra. I mean, if you had to pick one leader of the orchestra that isn't the conductor, you know, the player, it's the concertmaster. They're visible, they're up front.
1: And what do we, so we used to watch a little more football, right? But I mean, is there, in football, or are there another professional sports, sports, is there another position that you feel like has a strong parallel to Concertmaster?
0: Um, you know, I'm tempted to say the quarterback in, in American football, except that the quarterback almost combines Concertmaster and conductor duties. I mean...
1: But the it, coach is, yeah, I look at the coach, so...
0: I mean, the, the reason it doesn't, I love, actually, I love thinking about this. I've, I've struggled to come up with a great parallel because in sports, you know, the coach isn't also out there performing, right. whereas the conductor is performing, but isn't making a sound.
1: But the coach is speaking into the earpiece. That's true. I mean,
0: I, I think the concertmaster is in many ways a quarterback. I feel like what might be a little closer is the point guard mm-hmm. in basketball because you really, yeah, the, the proper point guard anytime there's a ball that needs to be moved from one part of the court to the other everyone looks to the point guard like nobody else would just think of taking the ball and moving it up the court if the point guard's on the floor Hmm. and the point guard calls the plays kind of takes the temperature of the the offense and
1: see to me it would be more more like of a parallel with football because so much happens when you know that doesn't involve the quarterback That's true. Which I think is more like work I mean, it's not as if, you know, like with the point guard, if they're always controlling the, you know, the ball, it's like, well, yeah, it's not exactly what what we do. I mean, it's more, you know, we've got a more specialized area that we stick to.
0: Well, let's, I mean, let's talk about what, you know, what things the concertmaster has to do and maybe we'll get a clearer picture of, yeah, how it resembles. Because you're thinking more quarterback, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, like I like to joke that I'm like, well, I talk about myself being not even third string because <laughs> I'm fourth in line. But if there was a fourth string quarterback, that would be me.
0: So you're like Speaker of the House in terms of
1: I, maybe succession. I, that even sounds more important. I, <laughs> we'll go with we'll go with emergency concertmaster.
0: Emergency, yeah. Actually, I've I've been called a number of things as second chair. I think I've been called. By audience members, alternate concert master, junior concert master. That was a good one. There's concert master or just regular tonight. Yeah, emergency concert master. You well, you gave that title to yourself. Yeah, no one, no one even really knows fair.
1: I'm a technically a concert master, so I have to give myself the, the the title of emergency.
0: Don't you also feel like the concert master is an advocate for? his or her section, and even for the entire orchestra. So, you know, you, as the concertmaster, you represent the orchestra, if it's ever an orchestra versus the conductor situation. I mean, or to put it in a less adversarial way, you help the conductor know what the group needs, and especially the strings, and especially the violins.
1: And this is something I'm especially not experienced with i would say the actual act of sitting there and you know putting the bow to the string and whatever cranking out some small solos like i've done that but i haven't done a whole lot of rehearsing where i've had to you know ask a ton of you know i i I have questions to ask sometimes but like when i see you do really doing the job it's really interesting to see the things that you have to navigate and like you you have to have those powers of diagnosis to say no, you know, here's what's happening in my section or in the strings over here, you know, do you think we could have, you know, a different beat pattern there? Or you just, yeah, I can see that it's, it's a a different job, a very different job though, because you have to, yeah, diagnose, you have to be able to analyze what's going on, which can be tricky, you know, because um, when you're not sitting concertmaster, a lot of times, you know, you're, thinking about what you're going to make for dinner or, you know, But like when you're a concert master, it's, it's, it's black and white. You've got to be there and say, Hey, why don't, you know, this isn't working. Let's try this or.
0: Yeah. And it would be a lot easier if all the music making was, uh, was done by robots, you know, <laughs> like if it were just a bunch of machines that you could, uh, give them any fine ideas. tune or swap out parts or something. But the fact that it's human beings, I mean, that's what makes it, you know, an interesting and a fun job, but also a challenging one too, because, yes, you're advocating for your section and for the group, but you also have to make demands on your section and the group. You know, if you feel like what's standing between present reality and the desired result is your own section, you know, the first violins, then you've got to say, you know, look, this this isn't happening the way it needs to happen. Let's do this. And you, you know, you can say that in a number of different tones of voice, but sometimes it starts with your own section but other times it might be a different section right you've got to work with the other principles
1: yeah i also admire how you speak to your own section you know it's kind of incredible sometimes a problem is happening and and i think it would be tempting to just just furrow your brow and just turn around and like what are you doing there you know like, what's going on and but you don't do that which of course you can't i mean obviously you can't do that but it's great that you you always come up with a really diplomatic Constructive way to to ask for what you want.
0: It uh, you know I read in the Suzuki since I grew up Suzuki and I, I know many of you guys did too. One of Suzuki's things was in lessons there should only be do instructions. because like never don't do this. Sure, it's always and I feel like yeah. that works well for groups too because you know everybody everybody's happy to respond to something. You know, let's do this. And and you, you know, you sure. include yourself. It's like the expectation is that you, and that's why it's important always to, well, you've got to be 100% prepared and all that, but you can't ask anyone to do something that you're not going to do yourself. And that's, I mean, that's the quickest way to solve a, solve a problem if it can be solved that way.
1: Well, that's good leadership. You know, and you're, you're a, a very natural leader.
0: Like you said, though, it's hard if you're not doing it all the time, which I don't, then.
1: No, eh. I do it a lot. I would say uh, you do it.
0: About a third of the time here. Yeah,
1: which is a lot of the time.
0: Sure. But always that first rehearsal, especially if it's been a month, let's say. You know, it sort of feels like putting on the new pair of dress shoes again. You're kind of having to get used to it. Oh. And yeah, you, you have to work with the principles of the other sections, especially the other string sections. And we uh, we've barely mentioned the conductor. <laughs> and of course, that's a big component of it too, right? You have to... You kind of have to be interpreter, even mind reader, sometimes to help the orchestra fulfill the the wishes, the vision of the conductor.
1: Yeah, that's another thing. I mean, I hate to keep sounding like I never do this, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't had to, to do too much of that. I mean, I've
0: well, that's not true. I mean, well, any the problem t-
1: I have, you know, because I'm not, I'm not one of the the main people, so sometimes, you know, a lot of the time when I do it, it's a kids concert or it's like, you know, I've done a pops concert, and in that case. You know, sometimes the pops concerts aren't conductors who are necessarily really comfortable or natural doing it. Yeah, sometimes makes it tough. they get behind the beat a lot. I mean, sometimes they're ahead, but I think as a general rule, I think the pops conductors we've seen tend to err on the on the being behind or the backside of the beat, which is something we're not used to. Right. Because most of our non-pops conductors are actually sort of ahead of the beat. So there's that, and. Um, there was one time when somebody was quite behind i think it was a very quick passage and the the person who was performing the soloist was you know not behind he was really on the beat and so obviously <laughs> so it was a little you know it was tricky it was like a it was a very quick passage and trying to sort of ignore get everybody to ignore the conductor without saying hey everybody ignore the conductor yeah. now you know
0: that's <laughs> that's frowned upon
1: it is so you need know, to sort of imply it by but you know, trying to sh- be just de- demonstrative about where the beat is.
0: Yeah, I mean that, and that kind of situation that you're describing happens all the time. And that's you know, there's no manual to tell us <laughs> what do you do in that situation. Because I think I think it's pretty obvious to everyone you can't stand up and say ignore the conductor. <laughs> but I wouldn't have a problem say, you know, especially if I know that it's not a super experienced conductor. Or at least, let's say, a conductor that we don't see all the time or that maybe doesn't conduct symphony orchestras all the time. I yeah. might stand up and say to the strings in general or who, whichever instruments are involved, guys, let's stick right with the soloist in this section. <laughs> I wouldn't have a problem saying that.
1: Sure. And I think you have, I mean, I'm I'm sort of remembering now a concert where... Did I do that? You, know, you kind of, and I, you had to talk to the soloist and explain to him what was happening with the conductor <laughs> like why why the conductor wasn't able to give him the tempo he wanted he was asking you if you right. he could help him
0: i did get sold out once <laughs> 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 this was both a soloist and a conductor who didn't do a lot with with symphony orchestras and um just kind of during a rehearsal once the soloist pulled me aside and said you know do you know what's happening here and i said yeah th- he's just pretty behind and you know we'll we'll see if we can straighten things out. And as soon as the break started, the soloist went right up to the conductor and said, so, Nate and I were talking and uh, it seems like you're really behind and <laughs> I just wanted to <laughs> shrink into the floorboards. And luckily, the conductor said, okay, well, let's, let's why don't you and I continue this discussion? in my dressing room. <laughs> I think they were both reasonable guys, but still that we Take uh, this
1: outside. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, we were already outside because it was the Hollywood. Right. Bowl. Take this inside. <laughs> take it. Yeah. Take it into the dressing room. Well, that's the yeah, that's I think where the job as I say is the most interesting and the most difficult. Yeah, taking the temperature of personalities. I I remember talking once with Alex Carr, who's concertmaster in Dallas, and he was mentioning uh a younger colleague of his who when he first started the job, you know, was was asking Alex some questions like, you know, hey, you know, when's the right time to kind of crack the whip and solve a problem like this and when do you talk to the conductor and so Alex was giving some advice and then there was kind of a chance for practical <laughs> demonstration because um, the younger colleague said, I really think we should fix this, don't you want to say something about this and Alex said, you know, the conductor seems pretty, you know, he's not in his best mood right now. It's not going to go well if I try and open open up this issue. And I guess um, the younger colleague gasped again, like I really think we should, why don't, why don't we try and solve this. And so, Alex said, all right, let's see what happens. I'll ask him and ask the question and the conductor jumped down their throats. <laughs> He turned to him and said, "See, yeah, I told you.
1: That's experience."
0: <laughs> yeah, and and you never really no. That's happened to me. I think I have a really good, you know, killer issue. I'm going to raise. It's going to solve everything. And I, you know, I bring it up, and I get the. I mean, it's okay if I get the cursory response or no response. But I've also gotten annoyed. Like, yeah, yeah, that, that that's fine. Don't don't worry about that. Or yeah, later. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, that I think sort of going off off script here a little bit. I think um. There's a famous time, you know, this is sort of on the topic of how other concertmasters handle things, but I don't know if we can use names. Maybe we shouldn't. There was one time when a concertmaster, we knew.
0: Was that his name? A, a concertmaster?
1: period concertmaster. You know, we were sort of chugging along in a, <clears throat> I think it was Mahler 6 rehearsal. And uh, everybody was sort of thinking, hey, you know, I don't think we need all these rehearsals. And <laughs> so uh, I think we we're like, hey, can, can you ask him? Can You ask him if we, I mean. Actually, it seems <laughs> who does that. You know, it's like, can you ask if we need all these rehearsals? And so, I mean, the the mood had gotten
0: pretty weird at that point. Like it.
1: Yeah, I guess everybody we, was we looking around, and wondering,
0: "Is this performance art, or what? Are, what are we doing here?" Because it almost seemed like we weren't really rehearsing. Right, we there was a real emotional through. disconnect.
1: Yeah, so we had the con- a concert master say something, and he was, you know, he's very comfortable with himself and his job, and so he was. I think he went ahead and asked and uh, it did not go well. The-
0: well, he asked, uh, what, Maestro, are you going to need the second rehearsal today or something like yes, that? Yes,
1: yes, because it was a double rehearsal day. So. <laughs> so, that did not go well. That was the worst I've ever seen a question go for a conductor from the concertmaster. Well, and that was
0: a very experienced concertmaster. So, I think he knew what message he was delivering.
1: Sure. And he
0: just figured, you know, and you could call that, would you call that advocating for the orchestra? I mean, it was, it was a risky move and it didn't exactly pay off. I mean, it paid off in the sense that we didn't have to do that second rehearsal that day because the conductor <laughs> started driving to the airport <laughs> to leave town.
1: He, he ordered the orchestra driver to take him to the airport from that rehearsal. <laughs> but apparently he came back, so it was okay.
0: But yeah, I mean, the, that's a situation where things started getting out of hand and that's an experienced concertmaster basically saying you don't own us if you're going to waste our time then then let's just forget it. <laughs> and
1: those are the days.
0: And that's kind of yeah, it's sort of a Hail Mary play and one that I've never found myself in the position of making.
1: Yeah, it's not it's not a move we're likely to to see again.
0: <laughs> I remember when I actually went the night that I won this job and it was very nice uh, you know Martin the concertmaster here had me into his room just to say, welcome to the orchestra and here I have some champagne, why don't we open it and have a toast. I mean, it was almost midnight I think at that point, it it had been a long audition day. And um, he asked me, I forget exactly how he put it but it was sort of like, you have done this before, right? Like you've you've played some concertmaster, right? And I always regret I should have just feigned, you know, astonishment and been like, what? They didn't tell me I was going to have to play concertmaster in this job.
1: You should have <laughs> been like, oh yeah, I you know, um, Central Kentucky Youth Orchestra.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think I that's may great. have opened with that. Well, and the truth was, you know, I hadn't, I had played guest concertmaster in various orchestras, which is, that's an animal or an animal unto itself. I feel like I'm mixing <laughs> phrases there, but but no, most of my experience with that now has been here in LA. It's been great experience. Well, let's maybe get to some some of the nitty gritty. For example, the walking out and all that. Right. Um, yeah, I kind of call this the walking, standing, sitting, bowing category of.
1: Did we already talk about how I, I really I don't like being concert master?
0: I think you've implied it in a few different yeah. ways.
1: Well, so just come out and say it. I don't. I don't like being concert master.
0: <laughs> but you like being assistant concert master.
1: I like doing everything except being concert master. <laughs> I'm I'll sit to, anywhere but concert master. I mean, you know, I have to sometimes, obviously, but um, I, I feel like like I like do. being called concert master. I like <laughs> I like having the title <laughs> assistant concert. I like telling people that I'm the assistant concert master of the LA Phil. Feel, it feels great, and I then I like actually have, have to enjoy do it. it,
0: and because then you get to you know you don't dance. You get to decide the bowings and the strokes and no, the sound. We don't like no. Well, okay. Well, we, we maybe we'll we'll get you to imply.
1: I mean, I'll talk about how, you know, the things I have enjoyed about it, which there are some, it's just that I find the lead up very stressful. And, you know, like I spend a lot of energy trying not to be overwhelmed by the situation.
0: Well, yeah, sometimes it just, it takes getting past the walking and the tuning and the bowing. You know, I remember as a kid in, yeah, Central Kentucky Youth Orchestra, the conductor and my teachers, I, I don't think my parents, I think they stayed out of it. But, you know, everybody had a problem with the way I walked. You know, I walked too hunched over or too slow. And so, I had to straighten my back and then walk faster. And then the next time I tried it, they said...
1: You walked too fast. And
0: yeah, you it look looked stiff. ridiculous. I was like running out there and <laughs> then my bow wasn't right. I didn't bow all the way. And then the next time I stayed down too long and it looked fake and... <laughs>
1: It's amazing. You you can still function.
0: <laughs> and, you know, now I don't think about it too much, except at the Hollywood Bowl. And that is a long walk. That's a lot of steps to get out so to I, the I, middle. So,
1: I've only had to do that that walk once.
0: Right. And, yeah. our, you know, the applause usually kind of dies down by the time you get out there.
1: Yeah. Thanks to you. I, I think I it was like a half jog for me.
0: Yeah. You're running out there trying to fit the bow in before they stop clapping. And everybody always laughs for some reason by the time you turn around to the orchestra to tune.
1: I know. And that's awkward. I was, I mean, the thing is that I do it so infrequently that like when I actually turn around to tune, I feel like people are just giggling because they're like, what is she doing up there? (laughs) You know, it's just then I'm just, like, so self-conscious. It's like, wait, just, that's the emergency concert. Yeah, master. it's like, dear God, is there some horrible emergency?
0: No, I usually assume that I didn't put on a bow tie or I didn't Lies brush my didn't hair or something. Flies open
1: or fly.
0: fly. That has happened. Oh, dear. Sev- well, yeah, I think several times.
1: What? Really? Is concertmaster? Yeah. Yeah. I feel responsible, like I should have told you about that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, there's giggling, you know, when I'm standing there, I'm trying to arrange my face so that, you know, I look sort of serene or in, in control and i feel neither you know so it's it's a struggle
0: well let's say that you've gotten past all that and right the conductor walks out in at least in the la Phil, we always stand not just for the music director but any conductor at the start of the concert we stand when the conductor walks out conductor shakes your hand sometimes shakes your stand partner's hand sit down concert begins we haven't at all mentioned uh concertmaster solos yet. But just as every principal, uh, you know, wind, woodwind brass player in the orchestra has to play solos, concertmaster plays violin solos. And that is a huge part of the job. And strangely, pretty much the only part of the job on which you're hired. I mean, when someone right. hires, when an orchestra hires a concertmaster, often all they really know is how that person walks out onto stage and plays solos.
1: But you've, I mean... I mean, you've done a lot of trial weeks in various orchestras.
0: I have. And, you know, w- I think with Concertmaster more than any other position, I, I, nobody's going to hire you just based on the audition. I guess that's true. Yeah. But still... But like they, for
1: like someone like me, you know, being... I guess for you too, you didn't get a trial. But it was a little bit unusual maybe that they didn't try you out first.
0: Here in LA, yeah, you know, Gustavo likes to, you know, he listens to the committee and if if there's any kind of a consensus and if he feels good about it he i think he has the the player in mind the candidate in mind he knows how inconvenient and uh yeah life-changing uh, an extended trial can be and i think he likes to avoid it when he can
1: you know what's even more inconvenient and life-changing is when someone doesn't get tenure so i feel like that's you know you should balance that
0: mm. yeah
1: so I think I think it's a little strange sometimes. But I mean I certainly you know, if he feels like comfortable, you know, he feels that the audition was strong enough, that's that's nice that you just wanna pull the trigger. So
0: well that that yeah, that is what happened with us here and it was certainly worked out <laughs> nicely for us in our case because we didn't have to wait around to see how trials worked out. And not only but, that, I mean
1: I you know, I hate to say it, but I don't know how I would have done if I'd just been like like here, you got to play concertmaster for, you know, I mean, I know, and it happens to people, they have to do it as soon as they're offered the job or, you know, you know, as a trial before they're offered the job. And that's, right. yeah, I feel like I kind of caught a lucky break there. Like I had a couple of years to get, I mean, literally, I think maybe a year, maybe just a year doing the job, but it was like a solid year before I actually had to play concertmaster. Hmm. So, you know, I got to be, I got to know what was going to eventually happen, but just not have to actually do it. So, you know, you know, I got comfortable in my position I th- I actually think it was after I got tenure surprisingly. Nice. So that you know I didn't have to when I did it I wasn't like oh my job is on the line which you know a lot of people face that situation it's scary that's the very high pressure obviously thing to have to do.
0: Right. And you know since neither you know we we are not our title is not concertmaster so I think you know Gustavo felt fine comfortable enough without you know any kind of extended trial or anything um but for a concertmaster position, right. I mean, there there are always trials. Um, and it's just for that reason. Uh, because the committee, the music director has heard you play solos in the audition, but they haven't seen really anything else.
1: I mean, principal concert. I mean, right? yeah.
0: But about those solos, I mean, there have been cases of concertmasters that really, I mean, the only part of the job they did well was playing those solos. You know, and then people would say, God, that guy's such a jerk. I can't you know can't stand them they they can't lead but wow whenever they play a solo I just there's no one else I'd rather listen to and that's
1: that's what that's the concertmaster I want to be
0: yeah I mean if you had to pick one thing (laughs) I think both of us would agree wasn't
1: it like the George thing in Seinfeld Oh, what do you mean it's like there's like a girl who he finds out she's interested but she said like he she she basically makes it clear she doesn't find him good looking she thinks he's interesting and funny or something and and he, then he, he's like stewing and, and Elaine's like, Why aren't you happy? She she likes you. And he was like, you know, she, said, she says I'm not like, no, he says uh, I'd, with, I'd rather she hate me and said I was good looking. Right. <laughs>
0: rather they yeah. hate me and say I played amazing solos.
1: Yeah, definitely rather be hated and admired than than liked and not admired.
0: Well, I mean, for that reason, there have been, and it actually it happens Kind of often that someone is hired to be concertmaster and they've never been in the section of an orchestra before uh, because their playing has soloistic qualities.
1: Or, you know, any kind of principal that's happened. Right. Yeah.
0: Although I would say it's maybe most common for concertmaster. I mean, principal cello or principal viola or, you know, perhaps a principal woodwind instrument they might hire you know, someone who's never been in an orchestra before. But I, I feel like that's more rare. Sure. I feel like for violin... I mean,
1: there are a lot more violin soloists. So it's right. just, you know, that. Yeah. and it's true. I think when an orchestra is looking for a concert master, they, you know, one approach is let's get somebody who can just knock those solos, you know, out of the park.
0: Well, orchestras hear orchestras perform with so many violin solos, as you said. I think that's the sound that they have in their ear. Yeah. You know, if you think of a flute sound or a clarinet sound, you're likely thinking of orchestral solos. But when people think, oh, violin, solo violin sound, they're thinking concertos. Right. So, it's probably not surprising if it comes to a pool of candidates, you know, those who can really sound like a soloist who maybe have spent their lives as soloists have a big edge. I mean, there's kind of a, I remember David Kim, Concertmaster in Philadelphia talking about a, a winning sound, just the kind of sound that as soon as you play the first note, everybody's ear is drawn to you. And that has, it's partly to do with volume, right? I mean, you have to know the context of your solo so that the first note you play does emerge. And there just has to be, you know, there has to be some kind of brilliance to what you're doing that cuts through whatever texture it is and
1: well sure i mean some of those violin solos are are huge you know and, and very virtuosic so
0: i almost feel like the longer they are the easier they are in some ways oh it's,
1: i would have to disagree but
0: oh okay i mean
1: for you i'm sure it, you know because you like to settle in and get comfortable and stuff and like for me it's like just sooner it's over <laughs> the better you know the the less time i have to follow my face Then
0: i mean the worst thing for me now you know, if I know I'm going to be concertmaster, I, I do as uh, I got some good advice from Norman Carroll, former concertmaster of Philadelphia Orchestra. where he, <laughs> Yep, he said any time he's got a new piece to look at, he just flips through it and looks for those four letters S O L O. The worst situation is when you feel like you know a piece. Like, you know, let's say you, you see, oh, I'm concertmaster for this week and it's going to be whatever, Scheherazade or. Ooh, so, a bunch of solos. Well, it takes something smaller. and I, I can't name a piece right now, but you, you figure, oh, I know that piece. Oh, um, it was like
1: me and West Side Story, right?
0: And then you get to the rehearsal and, you know, maybe you didn't flip through every page because you've practiced the solos, the big solos a lot. And then you realize, oh, there's that little one on page seven. It's just like, it's two notes. It's a slide. But Ew. I kind of forgot about that one. <laughs> And <laughs> you get there in rehearsal and you're like, oh, God, is this going to come off or not? <laughs> um, yeah, your skin is crawling.
1: Kind of. Like, I actually, like, I, you know, well, there's a lot of them that I wouldn't look forward to, but I feel like that sh- that slide in La Mer is scary.
0: Oh, I agree. Or even, I mean, oh, Pines of Rome comes to mind.
1: I For example,
0: at the end of the third movement, right? Oh,
1: the B. It's it's
0: like F sharp to F sharp. It's just oh.
1: uh, okay. it's two
0: violins together. It's the first two violins together. All it is is two notes, just an octave slide. Yeah, but that's the kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I don't even like being second chair for that.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's the solos you you forgot about. Concertmasters have to do bowings, right? It, let let's say that you are you're the permanent concertmaster of an orchestra it's really your o- over time you get to shape the kind of bowings that the the string section uses just on a week week to week basis. Now, in, in our jobs, let's say we're concertmaster for a Tchaikovsky symphony, I'm not going to take the LA Phil parts and say, oh, now is my chance. I'm going to, you know, reverse all the bowings in the part because I like this better. You know, I'm going to mostly keep what we do and if I think there's one or two things that that I would like to try differently, I may make a little change, but...
1: And some, I mean, you know, the tempos can be obviously really different from conductor to conductor. So, you might have to change a bowing based on that.
0: Right. And, you know, I think both you and I, we feel pretty similarly that changing the bowing might be the last thing you would do. You know, generally, if the conductor wants a diminuendo or crescendo or you know something then you just play a diminuendo or a crescendo <laughs> you know using the bowing that's there i mean if it's truly terrible and it's it's just not going to work then you change
1: it but those things always really stress me out because like i have a feeling you know when i change up bowing or hand back a bowing that people are grumbling like what is this or like, what is she doing like, you know <laughs> just somehow those moments seem like where i'm most vulnerable to like people <laughs> knowing that i don't really belong there
0: I was actually just thinking the other day about that's the same concertmaster you were talking about earlier, a a concertmaster.
1: (laughs) Porlock, Porlock Symphony.
0: (laughs) And someone grumbling behind him as he handed back a Boeing and he listened to it for a few seconds, you know, oh, this is, you know, terrible, this, that, up, down, and he just turned around and said, problem with the Boeing? And then the person started to respond and he said, Good.
1: <laughs> what was "Do the best you can"? Oh,
0: one? yeah, that was also him. That, you know, Mister Mister, a concertmaster was. He had some good lines, but yeah, it was actually it was the same complainer, but a different occasion. Oh, and said, a, "Complainers are or- down, up, 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 down. I I can't. It's too down, down, up." And he just turned around and said, "Do the best you can." <laughs>
1: I remember a colleague in, in an unnamed, also unnamed orchestra, someone saying, there's too much upbo in this orchestra. <laughs> so yeah, you know, you just imagine. The problem was, um, you know, when you spent a lot of time in the section, like most of your life, for me, most of my my years, you know, and then... And then you just know people are saying like all the, you just know you're, you don't even wonder you're like they they hate this Boeing or you know they're they're gonna hate when I say this <laughs> <That's> <laughs> just, it's just like paralyzing like, I can't get past it.
0: Well, it might be nice at some point to yeah I mean if I had the chance over over twenty years to forge some kind of Boeing identity because um, there are more seasoned members of our orchestra who you know we're playing a piece and they'll see a. You know, a passage that has a oh down up up down or something, and they're like, oh that that's a Sidney Weiss, and you know he was like the concertmaster here 50 years ago, and yeah, they're they're just they're they're pretty sure that that was his bowing, and nobody's changed it since then. Or nice, ooh, that was a <laughs> what was the I can't remember the guy before him, but <laughs> yeah, it's like ooh that goes all the way back to yeah. You know, yeah, see, Frizina. That, that's Frisina,
1: it. right. Well, I mean, so the you know the thing about that's nice being master and having to shut all those things out. That's hard, you know. Like I said, and, but if you're going to do it, I think you really have to. Your focus has to be very much <laughs> just not at all on those things. You have, your know. focus has to be. I am right. You know, I. This is where this is. This is where to put this note. You know, there can't. There's not. There's no wiggle room.
0: Because I bet that same person, you know, the same person that now was extolling the ooh, that's a Frizina. I bet when when put that Boeing in, that guy was like, oh, wow, what a stupid Boeing that'll never work. And you know, fast forward forty years, and
1: um, I think I'm just now. It's like, yeah, what's the point of complaining? We can't. We're not going to change a Boeing by saying stuff like that. But I do. (laughs) I like being married to you because, like, I can complain to you about Boeing. Which is great. You know, like like one time you were going to change something and I got mad. I said, no, change it. And you didn't. It was awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, you know, it's that perfect marriage of work and home life.
1: That's right. I, I was that, that cranky person. <laughs> and I told you what people were going to think and, and you listened to me. Well, that,
0: that's important. I mean, and actually, yeah, taking the temperature of your section... And like you say, you do. There has to be a certain amount of shutting out. What are people going to think? But at the same time, if you shut that out completely, then you do. Build well, a I mean, wall you have to shut yourself. that out in
1: rehearsal. I mean, in uh, in the concert, sure. In the rehearsal, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's you know it's a different thing. And that again, that's not something I've I've done a whole lot of. But you know, when you're actually playing at the concert, you, there's you can't wonder if if you're coming in the right place. Or I mean, and then there's obviously the you know, the logistics of being that person who has to count everything, which is like, you know, when you're sitting anywhere but concertmaster, it's just not even close to being, although, you know, a second chair, you're supposed to help so that there's that,
0: but. Right. No, no, you're absolutely right. There's a huge, almost an insurmountable difference between sitting in that seat and any other, because yeah, any other seat, you can always look to the concertmaster and, be like, I'm 99% sure, but let me just see, you know, is the concertmaster coming in now or not? And if that's you, then you just... Actually, what this reminded me of is um, we had the chance once to speak to someone who, you know, decently high up in Amazon and they have their um, their 14 leadership principles. And this mm-hmm. is actually, it's right on their website. I mean, they're very forward about these principles and they they... I, I guess it. if you're a, an employee or maybe it's a new employee you have to was it, you have to wear them around your neck on a chain or something I, What? I think at first you have to you definitely have to have them memorized and I think now it's almost there's a folklore around them so that you know if you're applying for a job at Amazon you have to have all these 14 leadership principles memorized and apparently we we got the tip we got the inside tip that you know you Perspective employees are often asked, you know, which do you think is the most important principle? And it, it would be kind of, I mean, when you read these things, they're sort of like, it's like think big or, you know, hire the best people or think outside the box. I mean, I'm making a couple of these up. So I hope you're
1: making this up. I
0: think big, I think is one of them. But anyway, you know, it might be hard to determine which one is truly the most important, but apparently um, Jeff Bezos has you know, one that he considers the most important and it speaks to what you just said. And that one is, all oh right. These are all phrased like le- leaders are, or leaders do this. So leaders are right a lot. That's yeah. the, what he considers the most important yeah. leadership principle.
1: And I think, you know, the less you are a concert master, I think the less you can be wrong. That makes sense. I mean, yeah. I think that, you know, it's hard enough for me to to have respect from everybody in that position, because, you know, it, literally here in this orchestra, people remember when I, you know, this is my first job, they remember when I was, or maybe they don't remember, but somebody probably remembers when I was 23 or 24, <laughs> you know, and I, I was first here, and like, here I am, like, who who do I think I am, oh, you know, and there's, so I really feel like I, there's even more pressure to be like, you know, I, I am, I'm right, I'm right, yeah. you know what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> but you, you don't, you know, when you're sitting there, you just don't have a choice, you just have to be right. And yeah. Or
1: you, you have to be convinced. I mean, I think yeah. everybody's wrong sometimes, but I think you just have, you just, you don't betray any vulnerability or something. It's not that bad. It's not like they're going to eat you if, you know, <laughs> you show weakness. But, you know, I think you just, if you're in the zone, if you're really focused, then, um, you know, I think that you, you you feel like it, you're leading uh, like a string quartet or like a chamber group. I think that's the ideal feeling that you're, you know, you've got, you've got everything sort of. Figured out, and you're going to show other people how how it goes.
0: Right. Let's talk. Yeah. Best. Well, we'll start with the worst. <laughs> worst concert master experience.
1: I mean, does it have to be as a professional? Because I, I don't have enough professional.
0: No, it could be anytime time. Okay, I mean, so
1: that means I have two.
0: Okay. Well, you have two that like answers. really jump to mind.
1: Yeah, and I think <laughs> this is. I think I'm still scarred.
0: <laughs> oh no. Okay.
1: When I was in Aspen, I was 14, and I was like. Second chair in the like the you know there's a whole bunch of orchestras there so I was like in I think they still have the symphonia so I forget it's like the I think like the middle orchestra or something there's like five of them and it's like third from the top so not terribly you know prestigious or anything but so I have a second chair and my stand partner who was 25 he could how old were you 14 okay so he couldn't make it to <laughs> rehearsal he was late or something so we had i had to be concert master which you know i i had done as like a little kid in my little tiny orchestra you know but um i had not done it you know like in any kind of more grown-up setting certainly and there were like actual kind of grown-ups in this orchestra professionals (laughs) no 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 not grown Like you know like grad students, even students. maybe or I mean, maybe more like maybe it was just like older high school or i don't know yeah, i mean still, it's they, really they scary, scary you know it was and i don't really know that, and, and it just happened it wasn't like i had any warning i don't think and it was terrifying i didn't know when to come in i the conductor yelled at me it was horrible i think i still carry around some of that trauma from that experience and then there was another time that was thought guy was kind of a jerk but then so in high school you know at juilliard pre-college i was concert rest- and you know and i was preparation wasn't really my strong suit back then and so i was constant roster for Shostakovich five and uh i remember yeah i got to the rehearsal and i started we started playing and i just took like, i think i like completely double time the beginning i'm still still the beginning of start- Shostakovich five scares me because you know we've heard even you know even professionally we've heard things happen <laughs> like yeah. i you know i i started i took off like twice too fast or something and the conductor stopped he's like he's like no I mean, he's, he's like oh this is, you know this is the quarter note or something <laughs> he just shook his head and i was, I was so oh. so mortified because i really should i knew i was going to be concertmaster i should have been prepared i should have you know and that's why now you see me i'm just like you know i have to be just prepared just to the just umpteenth degree because those things happen I was like I'm not gonna let that happen and, you know especially not as a professional but that, that was you know traumatic and, nice. and that was a very it was a very nice man who was conducting <laughs> he was just like what is wrong with you
0: I mean I've got a couple what I guess in a way they're both lighthearted. I mean thankfully I haven't had truly terrible professional concertmaster experiences yet I mean I may be forgetting something but
1: you know, it doesn't have Once. to be like crash and burn. It's just like, you know, there's something <laughs> yeah. that's like very uncomfortable. Trip for- and
0: fall. You yeah. know, in, in youth orchestra, I remember the first the first time I would have played Scheherazade and I was wow. concertmaster. This is youth orchestra, but Mark and Dr. Elizabeth Stojanovic, and she's still, she's out here in Southern California. And then, yeah, I really have to thank her for <laughs> really teaching me so many early lessons in orchestral playing, but I remember we did Scheherazade and that, you know, the whole piece starts just on, dun, 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 ba, 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 and, you know, 30 seconds later, you're playing a concert master solo. But, and I'd really practiced, I thought I was super ready and prepared and everything and we got to that moment and the winds were holding this chord, holding it and holding it and I was waiting for something and finally, she just put her arms down and said, well, Nathan, do you need an engraved invitation or what? this is you (laughs) and like, yikes. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, there was, there was that, okay. Which is, I guess the playing or the solo side of things. And then as far as the logistical side, similar age, I was probably 14 and this was another youth orchestra. Interesting project, Toyota sponsored one to celebrate the 200th anniversary of Kentucky becoming a state. Which was from
1: Paducah to Pikesville or something.
0: Yeah, from uh, Paducah to Pippa Passes. P- Pippa Passes. <laughs> we covered the whole state. It was the Toyota Bicentennial Youth Symphony. We covered the whole state. But the George Zach, the who was then the conductor of the Lexington Philharmonic, led us and we rehearsed with him for a week and then toured the, all the corners of the state for a week. And for the culmination was this concert in Louisville that was going to be broadcast on live TV. And I had been given explicit instruction instructions about the timing you know because the broadcast was going to start at you know seven or something like that and so under no circumstances could we start the concert before seven because that was going to be the start of the broadcast and so I don't know whether I misunderstood the direction on when to walk out Uh -uh. or whether I and walked out too early or whether I misunderstood the instructions about the cue for when to tune but for whatever reason I walked out too early and then I just stood up and tuned and it was still 6.53 or something and it was a seven (laughs) o'clock broadcast. And so, once I tuned and sat down, it was silent, right? Nobody was playing, audience was silent and it was just dead. And so, the conductor walked out and he was a great, I mean, he had the gift of gab and you know, this yeah, he walked out and bowed, big applause and everything. And he turns to me in the same motion that he's grabbing the microphone that they'd given him, turns to me and says, I've got seven minutes to fill now. I'm going to kill you for this, Nathan. And he turns (laughs) the rest of the way around. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) And welcome to let me tell you about the pieces on the program. And it was great. He talked for seven minutes. And then at the stroke of seven, we could start the show. But I felt so, you know, I thought maybe he really was going to kill me. I didn't. <laughs> See, this is this is
1: why I, I I want like a very precise roadmap of how the beginning of the concert goes. I don't, I don't want to do that, you know, the logistical nightmare. Yeah, well, like
0: I said, I think it's easier now. You've got handlers. You've got people telling you, all right. Even now, right. they're like, all right, Nathan, are you ready? Okay, the lights are going to go down. Then you're going to walk out, and, and, and that, that's great. And I don't mind that.
1: <laughs> well, and you know, by way of closing, I think I think. what well, to me one of the scariest things is how to get off the stage because <laughs> oh, right. believe it or not you're in charge of that too like when right. you leave.
0: When is it done? Yeah. Are they really done applauding or
1: And it's happened, you know, there've been times when you thought it was done and then you come off the stage and run in, you know, and run into the conductor coming back yeah, out. Yeah, they're still trying to come back. And then everybody's got to awkwardly try to file back on stage <laughs> so you don't you don't want that especially for me who doesn't do you know it's like I don't want like the one time I do it to <laughs> End with somebody <laughs> bumping into me as I'm trying to leave.
0: <laughs> well, I hope this is you know for any of you thinking of playing concertmaster. I hope this hasn't given you too many cold sweats about all the things that can go wrong. But
1: <laughs> but believe me, I've I've had the cold sweats.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. It's a fun job. It's fraught with danger, but fun and rewarding, and get those juicy solos too. Well, thanks for joining <laughs> us here at Stand Partners for Life. Remember to subscribe standpartnersforlife.com. We'll see you next time here on the show.